to Wally World. Clark, under the circumstances, I wouldn't mind if we just went home. In retrospect, it seems like a pretty bad idea driving out. It's been one disaster after another. Yeah, it's been a real drag, Dad. Maybe we can try it some other time. Wally World's overrated anyway. What do you think? I think you're all fucked in the head. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host, Jeff. I'm your other host, Jake. What's up, dude? Well, just got off work. Had to go home with the dog out. Oh, yeah. Rush up here. Well, that's good. So we know that you worked and we know who let the dogs out. Yeah. Dog out. Uh, Where did you work? Uh, Fisherman's. Oh, okay, okay. Good. Yeah. Not in the heat. No, thankfully (laughs) not, dude. It was so hot out there today. What'd you do this weekend? Uh, Saturday I worked all day, and then oh sun- my gosh, dude! And then Sunday I um, Sunday I had flag football. Oh okay. Yeah, well, for those yeah. of you who don't know, I play in a flag football league in Portland. That's kind of every my Sunday. Every Sunday for the last four years. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. No breaks. Well, I mean, there's every once in a while there'll be like a couple breaks in between a couple weeks in between each season. There's four seasons per year. Yeah, but and isn't that like for like Christmas or something yeah, that'll be a break? It's, yeah, it's for holidays. Jeez, dude. Know, it's, it's quite the investment. Yeah. But it's, I still it's a lot haven't of fun. come out and watch. You should. I need to. My team's going to be back. In the, my actual team is going to be back in the fall. Okay. So um, so who are you playing with now? Um, an, Another team of guys that I met through the, through the league. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, That's I, cool. I played um the, the guy who plays quarterback for that team has been out, so I've been I've been subbing in a quarterback for this team. Okay. And Matt uh, Reeves was out playing with us the last okay. two weeks. So I think you did tell me that. Mm-hmm. You didn't play football in high school. No, I did not. So how how do you think that how do you think you translate into like playing every Sunday from oh, someone who didn't have like that training? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always had a passion for the for mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. and I I played a lot of like backyard tackle football with guys that were on the team mm-hmm. so like when i was in high school i could have i feel like i could have played right i don't know if i've been any really any good but mm-hmm. i was in shape enough to, to for play. sure treadmill um, or <laughs> no elliptical. elliptical yeah um but <laughs> it's it it it's it suits me perfectly it, it uh-huh. kind of fills that that hole of where i need the comp- like a competitive like for my competitive sure. side it feels that need but it's not like so like I don't know. It's it's not as demanding as like an actual football season goes. Right. Not as demanding on your body. You can sure. you can play it, and you know you're maybe a little bit tired afterwards. But mm-hmm. it's not something that you get home and you have to take a nice bath right. for. And so I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. Something to do with my friends. But right. my my I would not have been a quarterback in high school by any means. Right. Like, yeah. So you play quarterback on your team, mm-hmm. um, and it's flag. Flag. Yeah. So I sometimes there's this group of guys. Um, 
that I know just from uh, Jen's family's, uh, they all went to a private school, so I met these guys through Jen's cousins and through her brothers who all went to that private school. They're older guys. Some of them are teachers at the private school or whatever. Okay. So they have, um, one is actually, I think, the PE teacher of the elementary school, but he'll just send out texts um, for open gym and we'll just go and play basketball mm-hmm. sometimes. But he did do a flag football one time. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> So I hit up my buddy Jesse and I was like, dude, do you want to go like play flag football? Because he would sometimes go and play basketball. Mm -hmm. But I was like, hey, uh, they're texting about wanting to play flag football. And it's just a pickup game, you know, but there's like 14 guys there. Wow. Yeah. So um, he's like, yeah, sure. So I don't play football. I haven't played football since ninth grade. Okay. Um, And I've never played flag football. And... (laughs) I couldn't help but like guard my flag, which mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do. No, no flag. Yeah, yeah. You're not so, to swipe. Yeah. So then I'm constantly like, you're supposed to swipe. Not supposed to swipe. Oh, I swipe in the whole time. Oh. <laughs> it's like swiper, no swiping. Um, but yeah, I just kept like trying to make it look natural at some point because I kept getting called out for it. So mm-hmm. I was like, I might as well try to sell it to make it look like I'm not <laughs> trying to do it. It's just my, the natural arm I'm, yeah. my, 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 when I'm running. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running like Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible. <laughs> like That's all I'm doing. Yeah. No, I mean, it's this, Port- this Portland League is really competitive. Like, we've had – there's uh, – I wouldn't call them professional, but, I mean, they were on practice squads and played professionally for several years. Oh, wow. And guys like uh, the Lin- – the a lot of the guys from the Linfields teams that mm-hmm. won uh, D three titles, you know, a few years ago, they play in this league. So wow. I mean, it's super. Com- it can be super competitive. Jeez. But uh, yeah, it's not just your average. You wouldn't be like your super like old dude dad bod flag league. That yeah, that's how a lot of the basketball leagues I've played in is like. I mean, it's competitive, but not like we're not in because they do ranked. It's like mm-hmm. a league and. I don't know. I think we've. O- I think maybe my team has gotten to C League. Um, okay. But we always so that's competitive though in Portland. Bas- yeah. In Portland basketball, C C League is pretty dang competitive. I might be wrong though, but I think, I think we always start at E whenever mm-hmm. we get back into it. Yeah. And then after a few seasons, as we start like gelling again and remem- remembering, you know, each other's games, then we'll be like, okay, I think we're all prepared to move up. Okay. Uh, a rank, if mm-hmm. you will. Um. But it's been so long. I don't think I've done it since I've been at WSU. So I'm ready to kind of get back into balling. I went and played the other day by myself. Mm-hmm. You told me about that. Oh, I did tell you about yeah, that. He had that He had that dude who was just he had that d- big doucher that came in. Yeah, so like we're shooting. So we're playing three on three. And uh, I'm playing with a bunch of guys that I've never played with before. Um, and I usually don't. I like playing in early morning um because it's not a packed house and it'll be like a bunch of guys maybe not the greatest basketball players but they're guys that try hard and that's all i ever care about Mm -hmm. um but then you have actual tryhards who are kind of douchey yeah and those guys always come late like post four o'clock so i got there at like three and uh i'm playing a pickup game three on three with some guys um and it was fun it was just casual it's not it's it's competitive but it's you know, everybody, if you shoot it, everyone's like, hey, good shot, even if they're on the other team. Um, it's fun. Um, 
but then so this guy shows up and there's certain guys that show up to the gym and I know that they're just they just talk shit. They're douchey. I just don't enjoy playing with them because I'm playing to have fun. I'm not yeah. playing to like, you know, so they're like, do you, oh, do you want to run fours? Because this guy was there now and I didn't really want to, but I kind of wanted to because I love ball. So I was like, yeah, we can play. So they're like, all right, we'll shoot up teams. We'll shoot free throws. Uh, first four on a team, second four on a team um, automatically because I think there's only eight of us. Um, so the first two guys are probably the most athletic and best players there. And they're like, all right, first four. So they sh both shoot and they both miss. So now there's a chance that they might not be on the same team. So I step up. I'm shooting third and I make it. And then I go and stand under the basket to catch rebounds. And uh, then I hear him at the back of the line go, okay, um, yeah, now let's do, uh, let's do every other. Because there were some other guys throughout the line that they were hoping to get on the same team with. So they can win and keep playing. Yeah, stay on. so they can yeah. just run the court. And I just go, oh, now, now it's every other? And they're like, well, what does it matter? And I said, I'm out. And I just grabbed my shoes, changed them, and walked out. Which which screws them because now there's not eight. Yeah, there was there was one guy who had to sit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that crap, yeah, dude. No, that's, that's such BS. I, that reminds me of when I used to be at 24. I used to like, belong to 24, and there was there was a uh, there was this one guy who was always just this mouthy, mm -hmm. mouthy, super mouthy guy. Right. And he kept talking sh talking crap to this really one of the probably one of the best basketball players that ever went to 24 right. he was super good but he was always mouth this other guy was always mouthing off to this guy uh -huh. and he was he, it was something like everybody was shooting there was like probably 15 16 people in the gym and they're shooting for what were the original teams were going to be yeah, yeah. and the one guy this one guy keeps mouthing off mouths mouthing off and then the guys like oh wait so if i make this i'm going to be on your team and, mm -hmm. the, and the guy and the mouthy guy was like yeah and the guy just tosses the ball straight up in the air and walks out of the gym. Oh, it was super funny. Whoa, yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. These guys just take themselves too seriously. There's one guy I know, like, he'll, uh, he's, he plays super aggressive defense mm -hmm. and he fouls you the whole time. But I'm not going to call that because I'm not a puss. Yeah. But then when I go and I'm, I'm, I will say that I pride myself on being able to read, um, dribble patterns. <laughs> Mm -hmm. That sounds so nerdy, but I can if I watch somebody for one or two plays, I can kind of pick up how they're going to do it. Yeah. And I'll get like pokes or steals mm -hmm. a lot. And so I'm watching this guy and I've watched him enough to know what he likes to do his tendencies. So he does always most guys always do hezzy right dribble, you know, cross dribble, but they'll always do the hezzy on the right. And when they like hesitation on the right, I slap it out of their hand. So he does it, and I slap it, and he's and he looks at me and goes, "Quit reaching." What? <laughs> it's just like, all right, oh, dude. Gosh. All right. So he's just mad he got embarrassed. Right, but when I meet my buddies and like my buddy Steven, my buddy Austin, sometimes Jen's brother Johnny, he'll he'll meet me and play. When I'm there with those guys, it's always fun because I played with those guys long enough that, regardless of who we're playing, we're gonna we're gonna run them out a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah, your buddy Steven can hit from anywhere. That dude can <sighs> shoot. Jen's brother Aaron shoots better than Steven. Wow. Yeah, it, those guys are ridiculous. Um, so when I'm with there with guys and friends and family and stuff, it's fun because we know how we play. So regardless of how athletic some of these guys are, we just know our game. So mm -hmm. we can we can usually kind of beat those douches out a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But I want to start playing in a city league, and I think that. 
I think there's a good group of guys that I could get interested in it. I know Steve wants to do it. Austin's talked about doing it. I think you've talked about doing yeah, it. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, I think Matt could be into it. Um, oh, I was going to tell you, I texted Matt <laughs> finally. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was like, hey, dude, because uh, you told me about the job he got, so mm -hmm. I reached out to him, and I congr uh, congratulated him. But we got to figure out that group text, dude. It's so annoying. I know. <laughs> I'm, I miss that. I, every time I, I, I read an article, I was like, oh, I want these guys to read it and think, right. see what they think, and then I text it in the group message, and Matt's the only one that gets it. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, that's so weak. we got to figure that out. Yeah. Um. So today, I, I couldn't really figure out i want you know i like to start off with some casual and fun stuff um and i was asking jen you know what should we talk about what should we talk about and she suggested that we talk about um some family vacations so i was wondering um i always i love you know there's i love hearing about fond family vacation memories but i also i love disasters mm -hmm. and that's why i love your birthday stories <laughs> <laughs> um but anytime something goes wrong i think it's kind of interesting so um if you need a moment to think about it, you can you can take a moment to maybe think of a disaster on a vacation that you've had or and then like a fond memory and then I can share. Um, okay. Yeah, no, um I I'll just uh, I'll just preface with this. Almost all of the very few family vacations that I've been on uh -huh. have been disasters. All of them? Pretty much. Oh, yes. Do you have any? I got the top of your head. Like actually, well, it just didn't you go, and okay. then and then I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll think of how I want to raise right. this. Um, so I'll I'll talk about like family vacations as a kid with my families, okay. obviously. So um, because I have ones now that I'm older. Um, Jen, my sister, and her daughter Alex. You know, we went to Disneyland together, the mm -hmm. four of us. So I count that as a family vacation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that that was probably just one of the best because. <laughs> We road trip, so we drove to California, um, and Alex. It was that that year we went. Um, finals ended Friday. I went home. Everything was packed. I left Saturday morning mm -hmm. at five a.m. We got up and drove to California. Um, but we told Alex that it. We were going. We said, "Yeah, we're going to go on a road trip." Um, there's a bunch of hikes that we want to go because Alicia, my sister. And Jen and Alex and I, we will go on hikes sometimes together. So we told her that there were these super cool hikes, but they were down in California. And so we wanted to drive to California to, to do some hikes. Okay. So <laughs> so we planned it so that one, there was one day of driving, one day in between, and then Monday. So Saturday we drove. Sunday was our day off. Monday we were going to go to Disneyland. Um, and Monday happened to be my sister's birthday. Mm -hmm. So... Um, we get we drive 16 hours like straight and we get to Disneyland. It was like we got to Anaheim at like 9 p.m. And um, we grabbed some food while we were there. And then we checked into the condo and kind of settled down. And Alex was like, so hiking like that was for <laughs> hiking. I, that's <laughs> such a long drive. <laughs> and we we're like, yeah, yeah. W tomorrow, you know, we're going to go grocery shopping and we're going to get some food. And they had like a barbecue at the condo and stuff. And mm -hmm. there's a pool. I was like, we're going to we're going to barbecue and we're going to swim and we're going to just chill out. Um, and then uh, Monday we're going to go for a hike. And she's like, all right, because we had to think about something that was going to be kind of a not athletic. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're going to need to dress to like, for you know, sure. Yeah. So um, Sunday at the at the clubhouse of the condo, you know, there's some ping pong and different games in there. But they had like a whole collage for Disneyland. And I was like, shit. So Alex saw it. And she's like, she, I, she just like thinking like, why? 
why is this here? And she was like, hey. And I was like, what's up? She's like, what's up with this Disneyland stuff? And I was like, oh, you know, it's a few miles away. So a lot of times, like, families will stop and they'll stay here Mm -hmm. um, and drive out to Disneyland. And, like, I'm just trying to, like, navigate through, like, trying to just keep it a secret. Um, So then Monday morning, um, we we had planned to give my sister some birthday gifts. You know, I told Alex, like, hey, bring your birthday gift for mom and we'll give it to her in the morning on Monday morning. And she's like, okay. So we get up in the morning and they come over to our condo. And um, in our room, my sister had bought a ton of, like, Disneyland, like, like a shirt um, s- like a pen and a notepad for autographs and like um, just a bunch of cool stuff for her to like bring to Disneyland or to celebrate Disneyland with. So she had given us that the night before. So the next day in our room, we set it up all nice, like presented on the bed. And they came over. I have the video of us doing this. But um, so I set up the camera and, my, and Alex is looking at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just want to document, you know, mom opening her birthday presents. And she's like, oh, OK. So we're sitting there and um, I do film Alicia opening her gifts and she opens a gift from um, uh, from Alex. And then from my sister loves Little Mermaid, which is Disney. So we got her some Merm- Little Mermaid stuff. OK. Which works because Alex just thinks like, yeah, mom loves Little Mermaid. It's not for Disneyland. Um, so. We're sitting there, and Alicia finishes opening her gifts, and uh, I I look at Alex, and I'm like, hey, uh, did you get your invitation to mom's birthday party today? And she's like, what? I was like, your mom, she's having a birthday. And my sister's like, yeah, you didn't get my invitation? And I said, oh, you know what? I have the invitation. So I wrote this kind of poem based on different things um, in Disneyland. I don't have it with me now, but... Essentially, it ended with, you know, I folded the bottom piece of paper and it said, today you are going to. And then when she flipped it down, it said Disneyland and she Mm. had no idea. And we surprised her. And that that was so much fun. I friggin love that. And I have that footage of her just being like, what? But I don't I've never put it up. I've never shared it. I still have it. I just need to to get it up because gotcha. that's super cool though. That's yeah, a great story. It was super fun. Um, that's my one of my favorites. And I just love Disneyland. I could I would go every year if i could it's mm-hmm. it's so awesome just put me in a fake simulated world and shut me out from everything else that's <laughs> actually going on and i'm down um but one disaster story that i have is from when i'm a kid um my mom and i were actually talking about this recently but uh i've been to mexico a few times to visit family when i was a kid um and so one year, and we, I think, I don't know how many times, but the most recent time that I remember, I think, I think it was like eight or something, um, we would drive there. Okay. So it was a long-ass drive from Oregon to, to central Mexico. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so uh, I, I remember being in the car. We had one of those giant, like, Econoline vans. I, I don't really know. The big Ford vans with, like, the the pilot seats and then they had the huge bench in the back that like folded down Mm -hmm. into a bed. Um, So we had one of those that we drove in and I remember there was like a, a little TV with a VHS player (laughs) in it. It was awesome, dude. So we road trip out there and um, I, so we get into Mexico and we're traveling from state to state in Mexico to get um, to central Mexico. And 
so far, all the paperwork that we've had has worked. I mean, everybody's cleared us. We went through U.S. Customs or whatever through the border, and everyone was like, "Yeah, you're good. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead." Um, and I remember we get we get we get stopped at this one and maybe a state line or some checkpoint or something. Um, and I can you know I don't speak Spanish, but both my parents were fluent in Spanish. Um, and I'm like eight at this time, but I can tell that something's wrong. Like there's a little bit of panic in my mom and my dad's like trying to like figure out what these people are looking for. What, the, what do they want? Um, and so my mom, she had, I think, two of our there's th- there was three of us kids, my sister, Alicia and my brother, Andrew, and then I. Um, and I think that she had all of our birth certificates or something but one of them was maybe a copy of the birth certificate mm. and they made a big deal of that or i, I don't know the exact details of the story okay. my mom's gonna kill me if i'm like telling this wrong but i know that what the ultimate piece of it that it comes down to was they're like we need the green paper we need the green paper and my mom was like what the hell what green paper and they're like you didn't give the people before the green paper and she's like no you know what i mean like they're just asking over and over for this green paper like that'll solve the all the problems so i think i remember my mom like calling my grandma and asking her to go to our house and then get the the birth certificate and make sure that it's the right one and then that she can send it directly to them and i remember there was all these like hoops that they were trying to jump through or something i think i'm remembering this correctly but essentially so they just let us go eventually and we moved on and my dad he he realizes at one point what they're asking for um and but he doesn't say anything to my mom he's trying to he's trying to figure this out because he's not going to give them the green paper and so we move along and we're moving down the road and my dad's like you know what the green paper was Money. Money. Yeah. They wanted money. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, whoa. So I just remember, like, my mom was just crying. It's <laughs> just hysterical because we drove, like, two days, three days with three kids trying to get to Mexico and, yeah. like, running into that. And it's just so interesting that that's that, what they were looking for. That's so stressful. That would be so stressful. Right. Yeah, having your three kids and then being in a, in a you know, in a foreign, foreign country. country. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do uh, – so – Mexico was awesome. I mean, as a kid, it was so much fun. I felt like there was a little bit of, like, I went there one for Christmas one time. And I don't know if this was the same trip, but, dude, Christmas in Mexico is like a week-long party. Like, it was crazy. Really? Oh, it was awesome. And they do fireworks. And I remember my cousin, Jorge, he had these fireworks that were, you know what? You know those little green fireworks? They're like crackle fireworks. So one name of, name of them is like Hell's a Poppin' is what they're called. And you mm-hmm. light them and then they like go... And they like crackle. Oh, yes. Okay. So they in Mexico, they had a firework that did that. But it was literally just maybe a two-inch, three-inch fuse. So mm-hmm. you, the point of it was to light it and throw it. And it would go crack, 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 crack. So, Jorge, I think he might have been a little older than me, and he was lighting them and throwing them, and it's got to be quick. Like, light it, throw it. Light it, throw it. So then he's like, check this out. And so he has two, and he lights them, and he throws two, and crack, 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 crack. I was like, that was dope. Let me try that. And so I light them, and I go to throw them, and they explode in my hand. Oh, no. So... Then I run into the house and I'm crying and my fingers are like blackened. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys are playing with the fireworks out there. You got to be safe. We weren't supervised or anything. It was just like crazy Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't like it was like central Mexico. It's like, you know, my grandma lived in this old like brick stucco house in the back part of her house. There was no roof. Um, there was no roof over the bathroom. It it was just it was awesome. I loved that experience because I love ever since I you know since then I've always enjoyed kind of experiencing the actual culture and life of a people sure. when I go yeah. there. Um, so so, but at, when we were doing this, we were at my aunt's house, and so they're like, "Come on, come on!" And in their freezer, they had this like huge like three by three ice tray that you could pull out and it like slid out and they're like come here put your hands on here and just cool them down so i just had to stand there with my thumb and pointer finger just (laughs) resting on the ice kind of sobbing to myself yeah and everyone's partying you know what i mean i hear fireworks going outside and i'm just sad and all of a sudden i hear commotion i hear crying and my brother comes in crying and he has to stand next to me because he did the same thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so both of us are just and they're crying with our burnt thumbs and pointer finger just how resting. old how old were you guys young dude if i was eight my brother had to have been like six or five. Oh wow okay. yeah just super young and we're just sitting there crying with our fingers on the ice um but yeah those are kind of my vacation stories gotcha yeah, those are good. Those are good stories. Uh, way better. You got. You have way better vacations than I ever had <laughs> growing up. So well, it's mostly because like. So my mom's a teacher, so she has. Oh yeah, yeah. So she has summers off. Mm-hmm. But my dad works construction, so like that's his. That's his busy time. Oh. So he always takes his like month off uh-huh. during the during the winter when they can't pour concrete. Right. So like he could never take time off to go on vacation during the summers. Right. But we would go on like you know camping trips and yeah, stuff oh, like that. Dude. But it would always end up with like, um, my dad gets like super like, I don't know. He gets really ag- agitated uh-huh. when we're like he was. He's, I don't know if he just like he wants us so bad to have fun. Like oh. and he's like he's like you're gonna have fun and you're gonna like it. Yeah. And he just like, yeah. And it just ends up like I don't know making it. You know, always <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it, it always ends up making for interesting, exp- right. interesting um, experiences. But there was one summer for my grandparents. Um, most of my family is all from North Dakota. And oh, wow. um, the uh, so my grandparents moved back there when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. They bought they went because they were that's where they were both born. That's where they met each other. And they right. moved out here right after they got married in, in the 1950s. And then. And then when I was b- about in middle school, right before high school, they moved back to their hometown in North Dakota, mm-hmm. bought property back there and moved back there. Mm-hmm. And um, so for their 50th wedding anniversary, my mom, my sister and I rode the train back mm-hmm. to um, to my grandparents' place in, in, in North Dakota. Right. And <clears throat> so it's the, the long haul Amtrak trains and it's, they're super uncomfortable to ride on for long periods of time because mm-hmm. you're, it's always, you know, it's so you can't, anytime you walk, it sways. Right. Right. So you're swaying back and forth and you're just kind of bouncing off of seats, walking down and, and it's nonstop. Like you just, you just go straight through. There's a couple, like they do stop like, you know, 20 minute pit stops at okay. different places when they're picking up new people. Right. But it we're so we're riding on it, and we, we that's a few day trip, right? It was about it was twenty six hours. Oh, okay. So oh, not bad. I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah, right. it's faster than driving in a car. Mm-hmm. It can be anyway. Right. Um. So we we pull into so it's and there's only two seats per side of on, on these cars. So mm-hmm. my mom and my sister, and then I'm on the other side. Right. So 
so right and it's like it's probably we pull in the Spokane probably about 11 o'clock at night uh-huh. and then this this dude pulls on this comes in this dude looks like grizzly adams uh-huh. like just a super sketchy bearded dude uh-huh. like by himself and of course his seat is right next to where my mom was sitting oh. so i switch places i switch places with him <laughs> and wait with, with my, him with my no with my mom oh no so like so i'm sitting by him and i'm i'm probably i think i'm in i'd be in eighth grade going into ninth grade right and <clears throat> No, ninth grade going into my sophomore year. So I'm sitting there next to this guy, and this dude's super creepy. He keeps trying to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I just got up, and I was like, I'm going to go sleep in the observatory car. So I go up in, in like the car uh-huh. that has... Have you ridden on Amtrak, on an Amtrak train? I have. I have a story I want to tell okay, you Okay, so this. they have like one... They have that one cart that where you can... It just all, all windows, and right. you just kind of sit there, and they have like the food cart I've never seen that, but that sounds amazing. So I'm Wait. sitting... Th- oh, maybe I have. Okay. So yeah. we're going through the Rockies at night, but I fall asleep in <sighs> Spokane. I wake up going th- into the Rockies, so my ears never had a chance to pop. Uh-huh. I woke up super nauseous <gasps> because I was all just, I could think my equi- equilibrium was yeah, all yeah, thrown yeah. off. So I was just throwing up the Whoa. entire time from the time I went, from the time I woke up to the time we pulled in the Minot, North Dakota. Yeah. I was completely just nauseous. Just sick. And this guy kept, this weird dude, I'd go back to my seat and this dude like was offering me, like he offered me... I don't know what it was, but he said it would make me feel better. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure it was like some sort of tranquilizer like or something. Roofie. Oh God, man, it was awful. Did you take it? No. Oh no, yeah, no, no, no. You no. said it was awful because you took no, it. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, but this dude was just super weird. Yeah. And uh, so I just spent the entire time like in the observatory car. Wow. And yeah, listening to Garth Brooks. That was the only thing that made me feel better. I don't know if that would work on me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you didn't even get to see like the view or anything through the Rockies because it was night. Yeah, because it was nighttime. Oh. So coming home, oh okay. Like coming home, I was actually it was fine because we went through the Rockies during the daytime. Uh-huh. So I wasn't super nauseous. But right. Like we got the, it was it sucked because we stopped in in Glacier National Park. Uh huh. And like get the you know get out inside and look, but uh-huh. I was so nauseous like I couldn't even enjoy like oh. the views and so it was it sucked. Um, but, I've always I've been like really like wanting to drive out to the Rockies. Like, I've been really wanting to do it lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I was just like, I want to go. I want to go. I, I was looking too. it up. Because it just, I mean, there's so much that I haven't seen, just even in the U.S., that it's like, I got to go. I got to do something. I got to see things. But I've always kind of been that. I do think I have a little element of wanderlust in me. Mm-hmm. I just want to <laughs> do and see things. And my wife's a little bit of a homebody. So I got to kind of tug at her to go and do things. But. I know that if we go and see things, she would enjoy those mm-hmm. things. But I just I need to see the world. Yeah. You know? On that on that trip, because um, back in North Dakota, there's not much to do. Like especially uh-huh. like on the prairies, they live in. My grandparents, they they're from and then and lived in. They have since moved back to Vancouver. Oh but wow. They uh, um where their property was mm-hmm. was in the southwestern corner of North Dakota, which there's literally nothing mm-hmm. there. It goes right along the Missouri River. It's beautiful country. Right. Great place to visit. Don't want to don't you don't want to move there. For sure. And so my they make my grandma makes homemade schnapps. Like oh. in all sorts of different types of flavors. Interesting. So my I'm playing cards with my grandma, my mom, 
my aunt uh-huh. and my other aunt, and they're just piss drunk <laughs> on schnobs, That's and we're awesome. playing cards. And yeah, that was it was, <laughs> it was definitely not something I like rem- because my parents never really drank around right. us when they were like even like out and stuff. Like right. so, it was definitely not a side of my mom that I had <laughs> never seen. But it was it was a ton of it was a, it was just a ton of fun. I remember the first time I ever saw my mom drunk. She was w- she was with her friends, her best friend. She her shoot um. My dad left us when he was like when I was like ten and um, went back to Mexico, and so my mom from then on raised us as just a single mom, and so she was she was always her our family was always with her best friend's family, and we always did so many things together, camping, and they would do like bowling nights. So every Sunday I'd have to go to the bowling alley and like hang out, Mm -hmm. just the worst place to be for a teenager at that time. Um, But I remember the first time she I ever saw her drunk, and like when I was that age, I just. I loved making people laugh. So I remember my mom and I was like 14, maybe 13 or 14. um, And my mom and her best friend and they're all laughing and like they were drunk doing the electric slide in the living room. (laughs) And uh, I remember I was like, no, 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 watch out. Let me let me show you how to dance. And I I don't know how to dance. I was just being silly. And uh, I don't know how. I know how it happened, but I can't describe it on a podcast enough to put the the visual there. But essentially, in this wild dance move that I was doing, uh, I jammed my toe into the ground and broke my toe. Oh. <laughs> I got oh, no. the laughs. I got the laughs. <laughs> but and then I broke my toe. Um, but what I was gonna say is about the the train. Um, have you ever had to take like a greyhound? Uh, no, I have not. It was. It's the worst. Unless you're sitting next to somebody you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's the worst. Because if you're sitting next to somebody you know, then you can like kind of like snuggle. Mm-hmm. Like my best friend Andrew and I took a greyhound, and like I didn't sit by him, but on the way down there, so I'm just like having to stay awake. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna snuggle up to a stranger, but. The Greyhound is the worst. So I and I had taken a Greyhound before I took a train somewhere. Okay. Um, so when I was 18 years old, my parents. Um, so my mom remarried and married my stepdad. Um, when I was 18, they were like, "Hey, we're gonna take everybody." They went. Um, they took a cruise to Alaska a few years prior to this, and they wanted to take all the kids to Alaska. So. When my parents got married, um, it became the Brady Bunch. So there's me, my brother, my sister, uh-huh. and then my stepbrother, Pat, my okay. stepsister, Alexis, and then my stepsister, Nikki. Um, and all of us went to Alaska. They were like, all right, we're gonna, all going to take a cruise, seven-day cruise to Alaska. And I'm hyped because well, dude, I, it's I'm Alaska, waterless. And, and it's, it's a, Alaska. Yeah. I've always wanted to go. So um, we're going to take the train up to Seattle to get on the ship. Um, so we had to get up early because we were going to get up early, take a cab from the train station to the port and then board the ship. Just boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. So I, the night before, I was only 18 years old, but as you know, I partied pretty hard when I was younger. <laughs> so that night before I had partied with my friends and I was like, meh, I'm not worried about it. I'll sleep on the train. Um, so we get going and we get to the we get dropped off at the Portland train station. I'm exhausted. I'm a little hungover. Mm-hmm. I do not 
I do not feel good. So, but I'm like, just get on the train, get on the train and I'll sleep. So we get on the train and we're all confused about where we're supposed to be going. And they're like, no, 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 you guys, you guys are, I'm like hearing apologies to my parents. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, are we getting on this train? What's going on? So something happened with our seats and they got mixed up. Oh no. So we had to ride in like an observatory cart. And there was no like comfy seats. It was like restaurant booths and a table and all windows. And it was during the day, so it was just bright. And I oh. just had to try to sleep. Oh on the- <laughs> my god! I that's it was that you that could not have worked out worse. I know. I was so and I was just cranking. Did pissed. they? Did they? Did they like refund your tickets? I'm not sure what happened, but I know that on the way back we sat in like actual seats that like reclined, and mm-hmm. I was like. I remember that made it even worse because of how nice it was just to relax on the way back. I was just like, this would have been way better on the way up there. Oh, my God. I I couldn't I couldn't uh, imagine. I remember just laying with my head in my hands on the table. So how how far did you have to go on the train? Just from Portland to Seattle. That's still a long ride, though. Well, it's way longer than driving because you are making some stops. Mm -hmm. But uh, God, but I do like trains. I I think it'd be fun to take it like a long train ride somewhere it's not that fun it's really not that it's not that fun i just would like to do all kinds of things i don't know but you uh, so one thing i wanted to talk about is your sibling my sister yeah yeah how do you guys get along we (laughs) we have our trials and our tribulations right but we get along great right she's one of my best friends dude i like her she's cool when she came out of graduation she hung out i like that Mm -hmm. i thought that was awesome um I think, you know, my brother and I, my sister and I, I'm kind of the mediator between them. Growing up, those two, dude, it was like... is Are they both younger than you? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Okay. So it was like cats and dogs with those two. But I would always really get really uh, get along really well with my sister mm-hmm. and then get along really well with my brother. And I still do um, in the same in the same way that I always had. And those two have gotten better about getting along with each other. Yeah. Um, but then when you get... You add that dynamic of step siblings, and there's three of them. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, now my brother's not the the little brother, and mm-hmm. he was the youngest of the three. Now we have um, Pat, our other brother, who is younger than both of us. Ah, uh, poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> Just do terrible. You, do you terrible still things. keep in contact? Oh yeah! Uh, okay. Oh yeah! So, um, Pat, I see probably the most because he's always trying to to come to family things. Um, he has two kids, my nephews, my nephew and niece. So I enjoy like mm-hmm. spending time with them and seeing them when I can. Um, my sister Lexi, uh, she's probably the one I see the second most. Um, she's the middle child in in, in that group of kids. Um, she comes out to most things. Um, my stepsister Nikki is, in my opinion, the black sheep. Okay. Yeah, and I can't stand her. Oh. <laughs> Um, so, and neither can my brother. Like, I not even can't stand her. I just do not like her. She's not a good person. Mm. Um, so there's that dynamic as well. And every, and like to the point where like, we're like, is Nikki going to be there? And they'll be like, yeah, me and my brother be like, dude, do you want to like ditch, like not go? So, but I mean the, the five of us other than Nikki get along really, really well. That's good. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, and, and Lexi and Pat, they're good aunts and uncles to Alex. You know, they're mm-hmm. only... Well, and Aspen and uh, now Braley now, but I don't know if they've met Braley. I don't think many people met Braley because she's a pretty fresh baby. Yeah. Um, 
But you got to meet her over the weekend. I did get to meet her over the That's weekend. That's awesome. How was that? It was super, super fun. I love, I love Ben, dude. Mm-hmm. Like every time, like I go out there in the summer and it's so, it's the perfect city, dude. It's small enough that there's not crazy traffic, that river flowing right down the middle of the city. Like it's so calm and chill. We, f- we got to float down the river. Um, and in the wintertime, it's just covered in snow. And that's the weather I like. Yeah. I like in the winter, I want nine feet of snow. In the summer, I want it to be scorching hot. I love just that either or. Okay. Um, so Bend is just perfect. But back to like Braley, meeting Braley. She's tiny and she's beautiful and I love her. That's awesome. But Aspen, she's getting old now and she's just running around like a crazy kid and She's fun. She's fun to like play with, and uh, it's it's hard having them be so far away because when my sister had Alex, she was a single mother from the get go. So, and we lived at my mom's house, and I was kind of like my sister's partner in crime of like helping her raise Alex. Okay. And even even when I did move out and I had an apartment by myself, it was out by Mount Hood Community College. Okay. So my sister would drive out to Mount Hood because she was going to school at the t- time. And I worked swing shifts, so I didn't work till like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So my sister would always drop Alex off super early in the morning, and then we'd put her to bed at my place, and then I'd get up, and I'd make us both breakfast, okay. and we'd just hang out, watch a movie, or play a game, or even go to the park or something, and then my sister would come home and pick her up. So very involved in that, you know what I mean? Formative years. Yeah, yeah. right. So Alex and I are super, super close. And I, that not, that's not to say that I don't think Aspen and Braley and I will be very close. I think I'm very close with all of my nephews and nieces. Mm-hmm. I'm a baller-ass uncle, <laughs> and those kids love me. So, And I pride myself on being a good uncle and being fun. And mm-hmm. like I always try to like play their games, you know what I mean? A lot of times adults are like, oh, I'm busy, or I'm not going to do that, or why don't you do this, or why don't you do that? Mm-hmm. With them, I try to be as imaginative as they are. Yeah. Like, we're getting chased by zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'll get into it, too. Um, so having them be f- in three hours away, it's not bad because it is only three hours away. But you just miss, like, chunks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was fun. Bend is beautiful. And if I move there, I don't know. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll do a remote podcast if we do. Uh, regardless, this will live on. But it's just, it's so it's so awesome out there. And I think it's, it's just such an active city. It makes me want to do more. It makes mm-hmm. me want to. I've like my bike has been busted for like six months to a year, and I'm, I just haven't got it fixed yet. And I go there, and everybody's riding a bike, and I'm like, man, I want to ride my bike. Yeah. And they're just paddleboarding down the river, and just they're just doing it. There's all these mm-hmm. hikes. It's just a fun, fun city. But I I like my four seasons, so I would. <sighs> Vancouver's. There's like my three place. seasons, bro. There's rain, cold, hot. Yeah, we're kind of <laughs> listen, we're kind of losing out on spring. Right. Well, spring's rain. Oh, winter's rain. What are you saying? We're missing out on fall then? No, fall's baller. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's a lot of rain. Those seasons consist of rain. We haven't been getting as much rain lately, though. Well, yeah, it's summer, Jake. Well, no, <laughs> just like in general, like on a year-round basis. Like oh, we've for had sure. Like really, we've had actually yeah, pretty poor rain for sure. Um, I do too, and I like the reason I like this city vancouver you know greater portland areas because and i've said i've said this since i was maybe 15 till i realized like how 
lucky we are to live in this location. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, to the west you have an ocean. Yeah. To the east you have a desert. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to the east, southeast or whatever, you have a mountain that you can ski and you can, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's central to, and you have the Columbia River and the Willamette River. You have everything that you could need to enjoy, like, activities. Mm-hmm. Two, just ma- two major cities right. to the north and right. right across the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the, I mean, with literally every sport, right. professional sport you can imagine. We've got good colleges here. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is really honest. We have nothing poisonous. That can really just right. that can kill us. <laughs> oh, I saw a picture from Australia: a giant snake just scaling the side of a, someone's house. <laughs> oh God! I'm yeah. St- what What's worse, spiders or snakes? What would you rather deal with? Probably snakes. Yeah, I would rather deal with snakes and spiders. Y- I can't do spiders. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. My brother is terrified of spiders. Mm-hmm. I'm not like the end of a pencil. If a spider is that big, he's nope. He's oh, out. Really? Okay. He, so it, for me, it's bigger spiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, he's a massive arachnophobic. Okay. Yeah, he's much worse than me. Then. Yeah. So, <laughs> Cody, as you know, Cody always gets dropped on this podcast, um, but he listens, so that's good. Hey, Cody, shout out, Cody Reed. Um, he grew up right down the road from us, mm-hmm. um, and so he had this like old chicken coop. That didn't have chickens, but I think at one time, I don't know if his family had chickens or the family before him had chickens, but it was this old chicken coop that was kind of attached to a shed. And um, Cody and I went in there one time and it was just like lined with like cobwebs, Um, not spider webs, just cobwebs. And we talked to our brother, we're like, or we talked to Andrew, we're like, hey, dude, come check this out. And he went in there and we locked him in there. (laughs) He was just screaming. Gosh. (laughs) oh that's little brother dude you gotta torture him for sure um i've never had i don't have a little brother so i don't i don't know anything about that i have yeah i have four cousins from oklahoma and there's three of them are brothers and i just re uh saw chase who's the youngest brother for the first time uh-huh. and gosh the amount of like just the pounding that he took from right. his two older brothers chase is a great guy right but, yeah it's it's funny how um yeah that is true man the yeah. older brothers get it the worst well, and the, like i said the dynamic changed when you intro introduced a stepbrother who was younger than both of us mm-hmm. oh boy um one thing that i did want to talk to you about today was um did you see kind of the the I'm sure you did, but the news with LeBron James and Donald Trump. Yeah, I kept up with it a little bit. Yeah. Um. So LeBron James opens this uh, I Promise School. Yes. And it's something that I think he's been talking about for a long time that he wanted to do. Yeah, I think he was just waiting for the right time to do it. Right. And I think the move to Los Angeles gives him that the better environment to, in which to do that. Right. So I'm not sure 100% of the details of the school, but I or think... Is it, or is it in... Is he opening it in? It's in Cleveland? it's in Akron. It's in Akron. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm I think that I mean there's a lot of benefits of this school. I think there's like scholarships and mm-hmm. like if you go there, you get a uh, free tuition to there's a university in Akron, I guess. Yeah. So if you go to the I Promise School, if you get into there, I think you have to apply to get in there or something. I'm not really sure how it works, but yeah, but it's it's, it's kind of like a merit. I think it's kind of like a merit based system. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you if you pull in, if you keep your end of the bargain, you go to school, you get good grades. We're gonna, we will, you will get the opportunities that right. the school right. you know, gives you. Super cool. Yeah, awesome, and it's great that he's able to, he's able to do that, and he feels so strongly about giving back. Right. Yeah. 
it kind of I, I read a comment about someone like when this was announced like on Sports Center or whatever, mm-hmm. there was a comment on ESPN's page and it said this sounds a lot like Scott's Tots from the office. Have you ever seen that episode? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's an episode where Mike where Michael Scott have you do you have you watched The Office at yes, all? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Michael Scott um apparently like years before that the office took place Uh like the show took place um he had made the promise to like these high school kids that when they graduated he was going to pay for their college oh my god so then and then when it comes up he had completely forgot about it (laughs) and he had no money like he obviously doesn't have any money he didn't have any money then but he he always wants to be liked right so he goes to the school and they have like this whole assembly for him and they have this whole dance saying like um, like saying thank you, Michael Scott, and then right. he has to break it to him that there's no money and they're not going to go to college. Wow, it's, it's it is the it's the most un- for me the most uncomfortable. I'll have part to of I'll that, have of, to watch that. Yeah. There was there was a certain point. I keep in those shows. I keep getting to points where I just like there's maybe one episode that turns me off and I don't watch it anymore. And that happened with Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Um, when it turned out, when I lo- went back and looked, I think I was two episodes from the end. <laughs> and I just didn't finish it. Gotcha. Um, but I think there was, I don't remember the specific point of the office, but there was a point where things started changing too much. And I mm-hmm. was just like, hmm. Like they almost started relying too much on uh, like internet videos and stuff. Like they did that internet w- when the wedding and they were like singing yeah. just like that. Those were the jokes then. And it wasn't, you know what I mean? It just started becoming a little hacky for me. Sure, I get that. But I'll have to check that okay. episode out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so LeBron opens this school. I mean, LeBron's a millionaire. He can afford to do something grand. He can. He actually has the money to follow through on oh, something sure. like this. Yeah, Not like so Michael Scott. Um, but then Donald Trump freaking. So he, LeBron's on all these like news circuits getting interviewed. And, and LeBron's been critical of the president. Oh, yeah, we must got to say that. Yeah. He has been critical of the president. Um, but then Donald Trump tweets about LeBron James and about not about the school, but he says LeBron James was interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. And then he ends it with, I, I like, like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know that's so cringy. Whoa, it's just dude! What are, <laughs> just his late night, like uh, sitting on the toilet, tweets right. at like three o'clock in the morning, and he's like, "I like Mike." <laughs> yeah, you know what? In the great debate of Mike versus LeBron, I'm glad we know where <laughs> Donald Trump stands. Got <laughs> to know where Mike. Yeah, um, he he's on he's on team uh, Michael Jordan for right. best player ever. Right. Yeah. So, um. What I thought was interesting was uh, he tweeted that two days bef- uh, two days ago, and two days ago he was headed to Ohio mm. to pitch for um, the election cycle there. Gotcha. Do you think him calling out, like, thinking, like, oh, they must hate LeBron for leaving? Maybe That's he was, what I was thinking. Yeah, he was trying to get a PR win. Yeah. Maybe. But I can't – you know, I think – I. I said this when LeBron announced that he was going to leave, that the state and the city of Cleveland should be at a point where they're thankful. Like, Dan Gilbert's a mess. That organization is a mess. Mm-hmm. That city, I from all I've ever heard, it sucks to live in. Yeah. He left, which was brutal. That leaving the first time was rough. In the way that he did it. Yes. Yeah. But then he comes back, and he makes, he makes right on his promise to bring a championship there. 
Yes. And that city got to party and that city got to live it up. Yeah. He broke it. He broke the curse with the shot, the block and the stop. Mm-hmm. I love those. I, I will watch those plays over and over again. Yeah, that was a tremendous game seven. Oh, so good. So I thought, you know, those people have got to be appreciative of what he's done for yeah. that city. And from what I've seen, everybody's pretty much thankful, you know, like, thanks. Like, you do you now. Which is, I'm glad that he's at that point now. It took, what, 15 years to get there, but 13 years. But um, I I thought, that's what I thought when he was tweeting about LeBron James like that's kind of like a PR move he's trying to ca- trying to capitalize on maybe any disdain that the region might have for him but I don't know if it's there and I'd be interested to see like what if he tweets that now everybody's like don't you talk shit about LeBron <laughs> like they get like yeah. defensive it, it would yeah and you, you didn't see the burn the jersey burning right the, which has become so popular now everybody yeah. wants to burn the jersey of a player that leaves yeah and yeah no I I think it just shows if that was his intent, right? If that was the president's intent to uh, to be like, oh, I'm gonna try to get a PR win heading into Ohio. Uh-huh. It just shows how out of touch he truly is, right? With like ev- the everyday person, for sure. But especially when it comes to like relating to sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he doesn't really have too much of a a grip on the sports world. Well, he he know he knew what the button to push with the anthem thing, right? But yeah, and, but in terms of like, well, he he thought you needed to be ID. Did you hear him in that one speech where he said you had to? He thought you had to be ID'd to buy groceries. So yeah, I saw a bunch of people tripping out about that, but I think I know what he was meaning. If you, well, if you're using a credit card, you get right. Okay, right. But the way he said it, it just seemed like it. It almost felt like he was an alien who was trying to describe like how life works for humans that was more more or less of what i was getting at (laughs) yeah like i like my like the whole that's where the i like mike at the end comes in like he's trying to like see i know the debates that the that the police that the 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 citizens of the the united states have right like no (laughs) right it's it's his whole shtick of him trying to prove like i'm not elite they're the elite i'm not the elite yeah i mean it's it's just he he seems very um self-conscious about i've always said that I've mm-hmm. always said that. Like, I think in a, one of our f- last episodes, I was like, I think he's doing things because he's insecure. Oh, it was about calling the media the enemy of the people. I think there's an insecurity there that people are saying that he's the enemy of the American people. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do think that you know there is a little bit. Well, okay, let's look at the Warriors winning the championship. I think last year, and they asked the team like, "So are you guys going to the White House?" And they're like, "No." We're not going to the White House. And then, like a day later, Trump was like, "They weren't invited, anyways." <laughs> it's like, come yeah. on, well, I mean, dude. And then, I mean, he they they showed a tweet from 2013 that uh, LeBron sent out when LeBron James won like Player of the Year at the yes, ESPYS. Yes, and he said like LeBron James was in. He's like, "Congratulations on LeBron James on his you know win at the ESPYS." Like hyphen, he's a great guy. Yes, like in caps. Yes. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I th- I just think he wants to be. I think he, I think maybe deep down, like wants to be liked by these people. Uh huh. But he's so tied to this. I this. It's got to be either or. It's right. It's us. It's it's the the conserv the downtrodden conservatives against the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, he's an interesting character. Well, and then it becomes, the, uh, I don't know. It becomes politicized when it's you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That 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 relationship before wasn't. 
when he could appreciate LeBron for being LeBron. Yeah. But now maybe we don't know his intent, but mm-hmm. that tweet of before literally the day he leaves to go to Ohio, sure. he tweets that. Yeah. And it's well, and, and, and LeBron, I mean, LeBron had been critical of him, as with a lot of right. pro athletes. And he's singled out LeBron because LeBron has the biggest platform. Oh, yeah. Of all pro athletes. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Like it. It's interesting, and then what? Mel- and then Melania Trump. Um, oh yeah, I didn't this, hear about like this. the same day or the next day, tweeted out how proud of how proud she is, or like, you know, congratulating. Excuse me, Le- uh, LeBron on um, opening the school and saying what a great. Are you serious? Saying what a great, um, you know, what a great thing that he did. And what you know, basically, he's a good Samaritan, and like he's you know, it's it's part of like you know, be her be best movement, and like this is like all furthering you know that right. You know, bringing education to kids and, and um, doing the right thing. Yeah. And then, um, and then of course, um, her spokes, her spokesperson mm-hmm. from her office comes out yesterday and said, well, it wasn't cause then everybody picks up, Oh, Melania Trump is breaking with the president. She's mm-hmm. contradicting the president again. Like she again. Unpaid. Yeah. So, and then, so her spokesman comes out yesterday and says, um, this, that's not what she, she didn't mean this to undermine the president she was saying this apart for like how this ties in with her movement not necessarily had anything to do with lebron already you describing this i'm like that sounds like they're (laughs) like trying to backpedal so hard oh for sure um uh, so no she didn't really mean this but she kind of meant that but not really Mm. meaning this well i mean it's the same it's the same uh gymnastics that sarah huckabee sanders has to do on a daily basis to try to try to um interpret what the president has right right and you and i have talked before about how there's a little bit of um the fake news media they're all kind of banding together to support each other Mm -hmm. and when they're being ignored by her they're passing off the question to i'm not asking you a question until you answer her question or his question so they're kind of sticking together and i mean there's a reason spicer bailed that job is rough oh gosh they're i mean Look at what Jay Carney had to deal with with the Obama the, in the Obama years. Yeah. Like it was so tough on that guy. That dude got roasted. Right. And like Dana Perino with the Bush administration, that's a thankless job. <sighs> and now she has to navigate through Donald Trump's presidency, mm-hmm. and now the enemy of the media now banding together to collectively break through her trying to not answer their questions. Yeah. And then try to interpret what the president means and relay that to the people. Or if there's a change, if the president makes, you know what I mean, uh, unfavorable statement. Now she has to flip it and make it, you know what I mean? That yeah. media team has to figure out how to, to spin it to make it look like that's not really what he meant. But, he, but I mean, I've so many times Melania has deviated from what he said. Mm-hmm. And even, um, what's her name? Ivanka? Yeah. Has deviated as well. There's just this weird... Is it Ivanka? It's Ivanka. Okay. Yeah. There's just this weird split between the women and the men, I think, in that family. Sure. The boys always seem to be like, yep, dad's got it. We know what he means. Mm -hmm. And the girls are like, yeah, we don't really agree with that, but... Well, kind of. I have a a lot of issues with with Ivanka Trump, but... I mean, I I think we should probably maybe stick with... I like the LeBron topic. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's... I just I like what he's doing. I I haven't been the most LeBron fanboy over right. the years, but he's really starting to grow on me since he came back to Cleveland and then but I still I still 
think he has some blame with what's going on. What what the way the roster is oh, currently shaped yeah, in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He people are saying, Well, he had nothing around him. Well, he put nothing right, around that. him. Yeah. So him bailing ship, hundred percent his right to do that was in his contract, right. he could leave. But this no this like notion, this narrative that like Dan Gilbert gave him nothing the second right. time he came back is complete hogwash. Right. No, but he did fire the GM. Yes. And LeBron did. was really close with the GM. Yeah. Because LeBron got to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, one thing also I wanted to mention was that, so I just read before you got here that LeBron is working on a, like a docu-series with either Showtime or HBO okay. um, called Shut Up and Dribble. Oh, going yeah. after Laura Ingram. No, I don't think it's going after her. I mean, the title is, but I think it's about just this, I don't know, the just the difference or the dynamic between this political world and the sports world. Sure. And just kind of navigating through that. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about, I mean, there's, when Donald Trump is tweeting this, he says he made LeBron look smart which isn't easy to do. Do you think that's because of the prior criticism that LeBron had on Trump? So now he's trying to undermine him like he undermines yeah, I th- everything? Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. It's the same thing that he did with the Koch brothers when the Koch brothers came yeah. out and said, like, we're, we don't like the divisiveness that's going on right now in the Republican Party. We're pulling our funding, which is a bit I, which is a bit hypocritical. The Koch mm-hmm. brothers they funded the the rise of this Tea Party, right. and now that it gotten it's gotten out of hand, they want to they want to pull back and act <laughs> like they had nothing to do with it. Right? Like you you no, you don't get the you don't get to distance yourself from this. We're still going to hold your feet to the fire right. for funding this for feeding these gremlins after midnight. So how do you hold the, their feet to the fire? That's good. I mean, just well, don't don't let them distance themselves from this. Don't I think they're going to be able to. Yeah, because they have what gajillion dollars. No, but I, th- I don't, well, yes, they do. But I, th- I don't think that that money plays into it. What I think plays into it is the polarization. So you have these extremes of the left and right, right? Um, correct. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's when you have somebody who's been supporting that, you have. You know, so they've been paying into this, and they sure. they've helped build this up, so that when they bail, I I am, imagine the left's like that's a win for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for them to bail on that, it's maybe celebrated one by one side, and criticized by the other side. Sure, but nobody's gonna hold the, any accountability mm-hmm. to what they help create. Yeah, I think you're right. I think. Th- um the left will jump on this right and, and yeah i'd be totally fine with, and now, now they're it's funny like they were so anti coke brothers right for so long oh like, yeah it, um it's funny it's like the right always goes after george soros so like, right he, he is the straw man exactly right? so he's a big boogeyman that is um funding all of this globalist neoliberal right. you know one world order he's the mastermind stuff. yeah he's a mastermind he's the, you know so but they Leave out the Koch brothers, right? Right. They never the right never brought up the Koch brothers, right. right? And we know how much they were influencing this rise in alt right propaganda. But like, right? But they're supporting the right. The reason Soros gets um, targeted is because of the influence and in, and in the association with mm-hmm. the left. But it's a big. But it uh, 
their their argument though is that it's it's big money the big money elite. right it's, it's the it's the big brother like it's the Bloomberg okay, it's okay. the Bloomberg's throwing their money into all of these all of these other race like all of these Senate races and in um, right and you know throwing it into measure like gun control measures right and saying like oh we, they need to keep their money out of politics they're just they're just throwing their money around trying to spread their ideology through their right. use of money well the Koch brothers said the exact same thing they're not going to criticize people who are giving them millions. Well, that's just the hypocrisy, of right. it, which is why I'm so frustrated. Right. Like, let's, I hate the fact that the Koch brothers are going to be able to walk away from this. Yeah, and they are. They are. No, the left shouldn't. The left shouldn't let. Shouldn't. Con- the Democrats should continue to hold it. Should should make the Koch brothers pariahs. Right. They should make them pariahs. Well, and they should they point won't. out what you're saying is like, okay, you're bailing, but you helped create this. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of celebrating it continuously criticize it or, or, or say like hey charles coke if you want to earn some credibility back start funding some democratic some, some no way <laughs> no way <laughs> they won't do it though right they just yeah, yeah they won't put their money where their mouth yeah. is they don't like the divisiveness only because it's hurting their bottom line these tariffs are going to hurt coke industries right well okay so these then policies if, are going to they're hurting coke industries right that's what that's it's hurting their bottom line that's the only reason why they're speaking out. for sure but if they go and fund the other side or things on the other side wouldn't do you think that would um further the divisiveness mm, yeah maybe i you know that's kind of what i'm thinking yeah i i don't have a problem with campaign finance mm-hmm. but i don't know i just like find some moderate candidates and support them right don't go just go to the, go to the poll like go to the these poll right these polls of the other yeah, yeah, spectrum yeah. Because that's what they did. They did, and now they're like, "We're out." Yeah, we're not gonna ha- deal with this because mm-hmm. they can just bail and leave. Sure. I mean, they're ridiculously rich. <laughs> yeah, they really can. Yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't. Maybe, maybe, maybe I re- I'm gonna redact my my comment about they should go fund some moderate Democrat campaigns. Well, not even moderate Democrat. Maybe moderate Republican. Yeah, you people in the middle. Right. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, or maybe just keep your money out of politics and just go right. be <laughs> go be the evil empire. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there will be a point when they jump back into the game. Oh, for sure. Um, but I think that maybe if, so. If they're going to do so, you know what I mean. I don't know. I would imagine when they do so, it'll be for candidates who kind of start the narrative or rhetoric about you know towards the things that they agree with, or mm-hmm. that'll help their bottom yeah. line again. Yeah, going I, and then getting back to the your question about like your your initial question about LeBron and saying like in in Trump saying like he's you know LeBron is dumb. Yeah, I think that is a commonly held narrative that because he's African American mm-hmm. amongst the amongst that base because he's African American because he plays sports he didn't mm-hmm. go to college mm-hmm. he therefore he he's speaking out on topics he just doesn't know about right. right he's speaking out on social issues that he just doesn't know about right, right. so how can he's all he does is dribble a basketball he yeah. doesn't know about policy he doesn't know about the way a government works right. so therefore he should just shut up right I think that's kind of what under I think on what underlines a lot of that criticism because you see that a lot absolutely from from people who are like you know don't kneel you know shut up and throw a football shut right. up and dribble a basketball right i just think they they think they're innately dumb because yeah. they're 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 sport, they're athletes yeah well it's the it's the way that um you can almost see this in the way that um different uh 
athletes athletes from different races are portrayed in sports right mm-hmm. uh, uh, a white wide receiver is constantly he's a gamer right he's 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 super um you know he's chippy he's a smart heady player mm-hmm. or like the black athlete is just oh he's fast he's you know just you, you don't think they say those things about the other athletes huh i i don't it's go go and look at how like guys on ESPN the like sports commentators mm-hmm. describe the characteristics of white athletes versus how they describe the characteristics of black athletes so you're saying it's more so opposed to just saying strictly that you know these are the physical attributes that they have mm-hmm. when they discuss the kind of characteristics of the white athletes they talk about other things as far as like intellect yes and they omit that when they're analyzing that's black my that, or that has that's been my <coughs> that's been my observation that's interesting that'd and be interesting to watch and it's also um an observation that some of the local sports guys that i fo- that i follow really have pointed out too yeah 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 that's disgusting yeah, it's like it's like old oh, like Julian Edelman. He's such a he's such a smart route runner. He, right. He runs his routes, you know, perfectly, very analytically. Right. And then it's like the black athlete. Well, he just runs out really fast. Interesting. I'll have to check that for that because I do watch. You know, you watch football. We both watch basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to analyze kind of the language in soccer. Okay. Because it's yeah. su- such an international sport, and so many players on the Timbers or you know in the MLS are international players. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting if they do any of that. But yeah. that's interesting, Jake. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, go and yeah, just during football season, turn on like any one of the ESPN football shows mm-hmm. and really pay attention to how they're describing um, different uh, right. different athletes. That'd be a great social kind of research project to do mm-hmm. i think would yeah. be fun um which kind of leads me to kind of my final question that i wanted to talk to you about so i didn't know this until you told me recently but um through the alumni program we have access to the article and databases that we have for research mm-hmm. um from school which made my day because there are some things um you know i've paid a lot of money to sharpen this tool and i want to make sure that it's sharpened um just the skills that i have in research and writing yeah um there's some topics that i'd like to research and write about but i was wondering if there's anything kind of that outside of school now that you aren't beholden to a curriculum or anything is there anything maybe that you would like to research or write about in either now or in the future is maybe a topic that interests you to kind of look into yeah um there's a lot. Yeah. I was actually. It's funny you bring that up because at work today, um, we were we were pretty slow, and I um I was I went on JSTOR uh-huh. and I started looking up like uh, Adams like Adam Smith uh-huh. and seeing if what other what critiques or reviews about Adam Smith's writings have been published mm-hmm. in different journals. And JSTOR is a, obviously the perfect you know, right. database for that. And I found a whole bunch and I started reading. Oh. And so that, that fits. I love that hunt. That fits. <laughs> and I started getting that, that juices flowing again, oh, right? You no. know, when you find like that perfect article for yes. what you're looking for and you're like, oh my gosh. Yes. And you just can't stop reading it and you print it out and you start oh. highlighting it up and everything. So Notes um, in the margin. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I, 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 I love just writing like, whoa, <laughs> in the margin. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then when you're going back, you're like, oh, what was that? And then you read it again, you're like, whoa. Because because you're not allowed to mark in library books, right? right? So like every time I would have like I'd find something big in a book, mm-hmm. I would just big exclamation points yes. with an arrow to where it is, and then just slap that right there. And so like, many so exclamation <laughs> points, dude. That's so funny. Oh uh, man, I'm, uh, I I kind of miss it. Right. I miss so, it a little bit. So what do you want to research? I mean, you have three years. That you can pay for the alumni access later, mm-hmm. but. I was just wondering. So, so what? I, so what? I, I for future podcasts. I'm I for future podcasts. I am doing a lot of research on a particular topic that I really want to delve in deep to. Okay, and that is, um, basically the the essential question is: is government an instrument of good? Right. And looking at that through an economic, I think the best lens to, not the best lens, a great lens uh-huh. in which to view that is economics. the basis of economics. Yeah. And so. Dr. Lopez, who is just like the greatest guy, in uh-huh. my opinion, he's just he is the best professor I've ever had. And he he it was a it was an optional question on one of the finals that I took with him. And he and it, it was basically write a like a three page r- response to this question. And it mm-hmm. said Garrett Hardin and Adam Smith are sitting in a cafe removed from com- from time and space right. Garrett Hardin wrote in 2001 his mm-hmm. famous piece called Tragedy of the Commons and Adam Smith wrote his big piece called The Wealth of Nations in 1776 right and but and they both have a complete different take on the role of the role of governance and how to allocate res- like how to mm-hmm. allocate mm-hmm. resources mm-hmm. and wh- who are the best what is the best way of, of accomplishing that right so in the Tragedy of the Commons there's two ways of preventing the tragedy of the commons right. and that is either through public control the, the existence of a government mm-hmm. um or which he argues is to, you know, the best way to do that is through democracy right and then adam smith would argue for privatization for sure for sure and um so looking at those two fundamental arguments mm-hmm. to help trying to kind of form to give both sides of this debate about governance right they should at least know, if they're going to be shouting. They at least should know what they're shouting right, about. Right. Okay. And that's what I'm. That's what. That's how I kind of want to approach For this. Sure. So I started going and through and looking at, um, just looking at different critiques and um, reviews of Adam Smith's work to try to better inform myself about what really was he arguing. Right. Because it's hard to read that in its actual text mm-hmm. and get everything out of it because it it was written in 1776 so it's it's very some of it's very archaic language so so are you when you're reading this are you doing are you are you reading it and like taking notes or yes yeah i'm I'm basically going about this as if i was a student and writing a paper i just i just gave myself my own prompt right and started um perfect writing that so are you going to write a paper I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe okay. I'm gonna write a paper. Interesting. I mean, I could. Right. I could. I don't know where I would turn it into. Like, where where would I publish I it? I guarantee you, if you sent it to one of your professors, they would be interested in reading it and making critiques. Guarantee it. You think so? I know so. Oh, all right. Because that is what I've been thinking about doing with kind of the topics that I've been looking okay. into. Okay, tell me what are some topics you're looking at. Uh, I've talked about this before. Um, so through some of the African literature, I took a global literature course my last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're reading these global literature, or any liter- literature in that, in that um, you, you need context. Sure. to When you're going to analyze something and deconstruct uh, a piece of literature, 
context always helps you to understand the author or the time that they're writing about or the scenarios they're writing about. And one thing that, you know, we did um, some uh, African novels. And I was always interested in, I've talked to you about this before, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast, but just how um, just colonialism through education and just constructing a society in a foreign place through an education system. Okay. Kind of like um, these, like the boarding schools with yes. Native Americans. Okay. Yes. Right. So there are some options. Um, there are some cases that I've read about, and in in in, in even in these um, uh, these novels that I've read that kind of discuss like schools in Africa and like board or not not only in Africa but also removing students and taking them to England to get a Western education and how that changes culture mm -hmm. in a place. Um, but I would be interested in and like with my paper. Um, for uh, the Latinos in Oregon, and I came from an education point of view. I'm just interested in seeing how, um, because, and and this might be um, an international topic that I look at, but it might be you know domestic also. But how? Okay, so education is funded by the government, and the standards are, standards are set by the government. Mm -hmm. And how does that, or how has that dictated the or shaped? kind of generations okay. and students and people because we know that there's a there is a conversation happening with education today um and a lot of it is we attempt to have we attempted to have a conversation about that conversation in our second podcast which right i don't know how well that came across but yeah but there's just i don't know there's the indoctrination arguments and all of that you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah so and I know there are cases of that that people I, I think they have valid arguments when they make those arguments. But yeah. I'm just interested in just um, just how education affects people. Sure. Um, I think it's an interesting field. I think that and then for, you know, there are people there are systems that are in place that dictate what is taught. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. And people who have are out of touch, I would I would argue that are making these decisions. So, um, for sure. And would you would you use any of Edward Said's Orientalism? I in did. That? Okay. I have yeah. a lot. Um, I I use Said's notion of the other a lot. Yeah. Um, when I'm when I'm writing, especially about race, because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, he did it so well when he's analyzing that stuff, but, um. There are a lot of other sources that I've found, um, but it, I, I would just—I'm just interested in that hunt, honestly. Definitely. So let's just broadly search education and race. You know what I mean, and yeah. see where that takes me. And then ultimately, if I do keep something local, I'd like to, you know, like we said last episode about the the availability of time. Not that I have all the time in the world because I do work full time, but but just to make it my hobby to kind of go and search primary resources and okay. and and find different things that are you know relating to education re recently and locally um i think that you know i do i love i love being trained in history and i love being able to to go back and research what has happened but i there i will say i'm a little jealous of those who get to look back and research this time oh gosh because yeah there's so much that is just 
I, I, who knows what's going to happen 50 years from now mm-hmm. in civilization, but... Could you imagine, like, having a printout in a library of, like, of a, that would be a primary source, right? right. Of a Facebook comment thread. Exactly. Like, and that's what's going to be analyzed. Exactly. Oh, man, the, the, the richness of the primary sources that social scientists 50 years from now are going to have to work with. Right. Yeah. And what I what I do wonder and kind of stemming off what you were just saying right there is so you have a comment thread, but what if you don't have the original post? Ah. And now through the comments, you have to decipher what they're talking about, what prompted this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't know. That's why I said we don't know what's going to happen. So maybe we have a comment thread, but we don't have the prompt. And so you're just out of context reading things and you have social scientists interpreting them and completely getting them wrong. But there's that adventure of trying to figure out what is being said and Mm -hmm. what's being talked about. Because for us, it's it's hard when we're looking through especially old primary sources. Um, The language is different. And, you know, you have to, like we've said before, remove bias and you have to consider context. And for all of us, it's it's a hard thing to do that. Some It's hard to do that sometimes. It is, yeah. um, but in the future, I mean, with technology, if it continues, you you may be able to have that. But what if you don't? And then so now just bizarre conversations that yeah. people I mean, the president of the United States as a primary source, he he says at the end of his primary tweet source tweet, he says, I like Mike. What if nobody has <laughs> any idea what that means? It's like, is that his friend? <laughs> like, what is that? It's not has not. <laughs> you could see that and be like, what does Mike have to do with? LeBron James and Don Lemon. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. You're like, whoa, 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 what? Wait, wait, wait. Who's Mike? Yeah, and why? Did what was up with cap locks keys back then? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I'm not that we don't have or the use of memes, like oh. as a as a way or gifs as a way to art, like a, as a GIFs. way to form gifs as a f- <laughs> way to form an argument. Oh, dude, I got into that with a guy at work um, the other day. He was just scrolling through, which I thought was like his Facebook photos, but it was the photos in his phone, and they were all like memes. And I was like, really? What are you doing? And he's like, I go, you just look through your Facebook and all your memes that you're like burning everybody with? And he's like, no, these are my, this is in my album, my photo album. <laughs> it's like, cool, dude. <laughs> but, you know, and and, and uh, my buddy my and my supervisor, Luke, he came up to me and with a, a pretty interesting topic. Um, and he, he was asking my opinion about it. And he had said that a friend of his initiated this conversation on Facebook with a meme. Mm. And, you know, I told him my opinion and my thoughts on the, the, um, the topic. But what I ended the conversation with was, you know, that is such a complex issue to simplify it to a meme. Yeah. And then to just throw it out there you know you're trying to get reactions out of people and you're not trying to have a dialogue or conversation about the intricacies of this complex issue no yeah and it happens all the time it It just gets hijacked and you said i think last week you know when you're getting in these debates and people will just result to memes it's like i'm out like i'm done i can't do it anymore but even sparking these conversations even these when you have these comment threads that are initiated by just memes, mm-hmm. it's uh, nothing can be simplified. Uh, not nothing, 
but a lot of what people are trying to have in-depth conversations about cannot be simplified into just a meme and they're trying and they're meant to be controversial i think yeah everybody but everybody wants a simple answer first oh yeah absolutely i mean the average i try to i mean i'm the average human being like the average american does not have more than maybe five minutes in a week to think about global trade for sure right so when you when you can someone can throw up a meme that makes sense to them in their life right that's okay yeah that's that must that's tr- that's the truth and that's gonna be my argument going forward right. because that makes sense and let me my, say that in my own <laughs> worldview and yeah and that's what that's how i'm gonna that's how i'm gonna form my opinion is that's a great point three three word or three sentence meme with right. uh chuck norris in the background right like, it's, it's just yeah i don't I'm trying my hardest to try to see like where they come from mm-hmm. and see them as like rational see right. Trump supporters and and or and people from Antifa as right. rational actors as trying to you know gain agency within the system. Right. And I just wish they would go about it in a better way. <laughs> right, but also, you know, if you were to post this long <sighs> intellectual researched and cited post to initiate a conversation, mm-hmm. people maybe get halfway through the first paragraph and don't read the rest. Oh, for sure. And they or they 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 knit they they cherry pick one thing, right? And then they yeah. I, I this one dude, I made a post of this guy on um, History Channel. And they made a post about something, and he was like, "I come here to read." He's like, "I come here, and all you guys do is make political posts, and all I want to do is he's like, I come here to read about like." wars i want to read about wars and everything <laughs> and i'm like dude why and i made the comment like why do you only want to study like the worst thing humans can inflict on each other wow like why is that the one history that you're interested in right like and then he's and he he comments back to me and he said wait he's like i see you're a duck hunter he's like w- he's like but you're against war i'm like dude how do you <laughs> not like <laughs> he's like well i guess just you're just a yuppie at heart oh i'm like, I'm like wow what are we doing here yeah man? My favorite thing is like when I'm just like scrolling through Facebook and it'll say, Jake Jokum commented on this. I will just go and find your comment and just like him just so you know I'm watching you. <laughs> yep, I get I always I always from you and Matt, I always get um I always get likes on my on my post that I don't think anybody can see. Yeah. So to all my Facebook friends out there, sorry, I it took me until about last year to realize that anytime I comment on something, it pops up on your news feed. I love it. So I apologize no, to anybody apologize. who I just flood their news feed when I get into argumentative moods. Well, and then, like I said, you're coming in with that researched and educated argument, and they'll just respond with memes, and and then you'll continue. You'll keep trying to like break through these meme walls, and they're not listening. No, no. It's like this one guy I was arguing with about the Iran when President Trump um, tore up the the Americans' involvement in the Iran deal, right? he just kept moving the goalpost like every right. time every time i would right. every time i would bring like evidence in that disproves everything that he was saying right he would just com- continue to move the goalpost well what about this well what, well, about, what about this what about well, what about and, and, always. And, and then it got so far away from the original topic and then that guy started following me to other like comment uh. stuff and it was just <laughs> oh god wow it's, it's a dark world out there yeah so i don't ever get enga- engaged in that stuff but i did this weekend yeah and oh I was, you were telling me but yeah you sent me a screenshot of the conversation yeah. and it's 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 mostly because like um my issue was with um just real quickly i want to say you know when you have these people who are portland's a very 
I will say liberal city, obviously. Um, and, you know, there's protests against this administration and this government constantly or against um, ripping babies away from their families at the border. Um, so people are going into the city and they're protesting these things. And a lot of times I'll go to like the comment threads on like Fox News and, and read Fox News 12 or whatever and read what people have to say. Mm -hmm. And so many times it's like these losers need to get jobs. What are these losers doing? Go and be with your family or go get a job, you bums. And so this weekend there was a right wing protest and demonstration that was met with and left in Antifa. But the news was kind of focused on the right wing group because they were the ones who organized it and initiated it. And it's interesting because there were comments on there about like these losers are wasting taxpayers money. But those comments were coming. I click on their page and they're they're right wing Trump supporters and they just see somebody demonstrating or organizing and they're criticizing them but then you know then you had people in the conversation who understood what was happening yeah and my comments were just me throwing back their arguments at them mm. like these guys need to get jobs what are these bums doing they're wasting taxpayers dollars granted it was on a weekend and that's what i kept getting hit with yeah um but it's just like I think there is a lot of hypocrisy in people, especially in those comment threads, oh, that I don't see how they don't acknowledge their own hypocrisy, um, even regardless of sides, if we're going to look at it as a binary situation, regardless of left or right. I, The left needs to acknowledge their own hypocrisy when they're calling people out, and so does the right. And I'm I, – I, in, in that little – vulnerable moment vulnerable moments that i had this weekend i felt like i'm gonna show these suckers like you guys are so dumb look at how you know with all the civilizing confidence of the crusaders going into <laughs> in, right. in, into jerusalem you're right. gonna you're going to civilize the heathens right i'm gonna you, show you how you, hypocritical the, the, you all the, are the mark twain tweet always lives true and that is don't argue with dumb people because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience <sighs> so exactly that's genius mm -hmm. so then i resulted to just like i'm not going to respond to you if you can't even spell that word correctly <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I started just saying like let me see i'm like these bums need to get jobs and someone's like um it's a weekend dummy and i was like show me proof that you have a job and they're like why don't you show me proof that you have a job and in that sentence there was a word misspelled and i said i would but i require you to spell words correctly to see my proof <laughs> i saw that oh just like exactly i just get dumbed down to that level and mm -hmm. then I just get punked by dummies, but <laughs> I, I I went into it with that mindset of like, I'm going to show them like, look, here's A, here's B. You guys are being w so hypocritical. You guys are saying the same things about these people that you said about the others. Like, come on, guys. And they're just, uh I just want to set the record. I, I'm not actually calling people in Jerusalem heathens. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Good <laughs> clarification. Um, but <sighs> I was going to say something I forgot. Um but yeah, it's just me. Just I I get that idea of like you you. It makes sense. It's logical sense. You're gonna draw a line from A to B, yeah. and you're gonna show them like, look, guys, come on. And I feel like I'm going in there just being a moderate, like neutral guy. Like, come on, guys, can't we all just get along? And then they're just like, you idiot. 
but when I do it, what's interesting, one last thing I want to say is when I come into those those posts and I say, sometimes I'll mock and say things that I think that that side would argue mm-hmm. just to show that it's, just to show the hypocrisy, it's me being tongue in cheek about it. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll make a comment that I think they'll make and I'll get so many likes from like right, whatever it is I'm mocking right or left. Mm-hmm. They'll all like my comment. Like it's a serious comment. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is almost more defeating. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you say you throw something out there so crazy, you would ha- you, people would yes. have to like not take it seriously, but yet they do, and they yes. like it. Oh, uh, it's know. so fun! But thank God we have say what you mean, and we can kind of pick apart, you know, our analysis of society, and we never have the answers, but we always have the conversation for sure. Um, all right, we're gonna close it off here. But one thing that Jake and I wanted to let everybody know is, um, I kind of teased this on our social media, but we've got contacted by some people to kind of explore some options with our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all comes from Jake and Jake's, you know, connections. He's like the, the head honcho in Vancouver, Washington these days. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm running it. <laughs> no, but, um, so we just want you guys to stay tuned, um, keep in touch and, and, uh, we got some surprises maybe coming your way. Um, some big news for us and, uh, we'll announce it soon, maybe in a few weeks, but, as always, uh, thanks for listening. Um, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And share our podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, thanks, guys. Feedback. We want feedback. I, got, I hear nothing from anybody. That's, my, that's all I have to say. All right, I'm going to tag Jake in this week's episode. Send Jake messages with feedback. Even if it's, even if it's you trolling me, I want feedback. Yes, troll him. Start. Send him a meme. Send Jake a meme <laughs> with feedback. We'll start with that. <laughs> All right. Anything is anything's better than nothing. All right. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Say what you.